1: Hide your kids, lock the doors, you're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and
2: loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls, it's time for the Chad and Cheese podcast. Oh yeah, it's National Donald Duck Day. You know what that means, Chad. No pants, no pants. Daisy is a lucky gal, isn't she? You're listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. This is your co-host, Joel. It's not many Cheeseman. This is Chad. Is it time for a coffee break? So wash. And on this week's show, War Games, Worker Woes, and Cardboard Chad. Let's do this. Since Tequila Tila, or whatever her name was. It's uh, it's Cardboard Chad. (laughs) It's Cardboard
1: Chad. Yeah, everybody else
2: is getting replaced by AI. I'm getting Mm -hmm. replaced with Cardboard. So kids, get ready. Cardboard is the new AI. What's old is new again (laughs) with Cardboard Chad. So listeners that don't know... I'm going to be at Sherm this week. Chad is is living his best life in Portugal. So I said, why don't why don't we get a cardboard version of Chad for the booth while I'm recording to make me feel at home, to make, you know, people feel like Chad is there. So they ran with the idea. We sent over the the the, the, <laughs> the picture of Chad in the in the uh, bathrobe in Sweden <laughs> with with his Ray-Bans and a and a beer and oh. they they have three cut out heads of chad <laughs> and a and a full full body cardboard version so i posted this on linkedin yes. and people are losing their minds like people are resharing it liking it i mean it it really is the, we we need to give these out for christmas <laughs> <laughs> F- cardboard chad for all our fans
1: oh my god it's fucking awesome yeah life size i love how it says life size cardboard chad <laughs>
2: It is, it is not healthy. It is that escalated quickly it is not crazy. good for anybody. Jesus, 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 Jesus. All right,
1: time for shout-outs. Shout-out! All right, first shout-out goes to remote work, kids. Uh, a new survey carried out by LifeSearch has revealed that 77% of workers have said they've done, quote-unquote, something they shouldn't have during working hours, including one out of 10 respondents who say they have sex during working hours.
0: What are you doing
1: step bro and i say there's nothing wrong with substituting your coffee break with a sex break and if you're joel cheeseman you can still have sex still have your coffee and a toasted bagel shout out to remote work
2: (laughs) that escalated quickly uh so from that uh remote work uh, to this my shout out goes to martha stewart oh that's that's right chad your favorite si cover girl an inside trader has waded into the hotly contested remote work debate saying, quote, America will go down the drain if people don't go back to the office. Adding, quote, oh, God. you can't possibly get everything done working three days a week in the office and two days remotely. Look at the success of France and their stupid, you know, off of a, off for August, blah, blah, <laughs> blah, end quote. Shockingly, and I'm shocked, Chad, Martha Stewart has an estimated 100 million dollars In real estate, go Ah. figure that she wants everybody Hmm. back into the office. Shout out to Martha Stewart. Stupid people everywhere, my friends.
1: Next shout out goes to Lionel Messi. That's right, kids, who is leaving Paris Saint Germain. That's Julie's favorite club, but not for the big dollars of Saudi Arabia. No, no, no. Not back to the wonderful tapas of Barcelona, but... On to play in the MLS over at Inter-Miami. Why? Well, here's a breakdown from CBS Sports.
3: ...was for him, Greller, and why MLS, do you think? I
2: I think in the end, although it's Lionel Messi and you would think, okay, he's got a billion options, this was what it seems was the best one, obviously because he chose it. But I think Saudi just represented a lot of money. Uh, and, and maybe not the big picture that he was looking to, and, and Inter Miami
1: presents to him uh, profit sharing, a bigger picture
2: ownership, maybe similar amounts of money, uh, better lifestyle. I can only speak to my experience of Miami and what Miami is all over the world around right. as one of the best places to live. You're right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so not so as good as New York. It represented right. more more things than just money, and I think that's what made the most sense. And from I, what I understand, Barcelona was. Basically off the table.
1: Yeah, from a so business simple. side, though, he's getting percentage of the club. I was just reading, and percentage of revenue for Apple. That's, Apple and Adidas. That's incredible. Like that's a, it's, you get the money too, you get the lifestyle, your kids get to learn English. It's the best of all worlds. In Miami, baby, all right, all Miami. Yes. So Apple, Messi's share of revenue through the MLS season pass. That's the the prospect that they're talking about. Adidas uh, offered a profit sharing agreement uh, that could cut him into any increase that they see in uh, resulting in uh, MLS profits within his involvement. So I'm sure there's some strings that are there. But yeah, Messi coming to the U.S., the greatest soccer slash football player
2: ever to play the game coming to Miami. And I'm sure he will finally make soccer popular in America. <laughs> Let's see, we had uh, Wayne Rooney came to town. Uh, Beckham came to town. Uh, that Zlat- Zlatan <laughs> guy came to town. I'm not saying that, Craig. So I'll give you this. If Messi can't do it, uh, Pele couldn't do it either, by the way, although that was 100 years ago. Uh, if If Messi can't do it, Maybe it can't be done, because if the best player in the world can't, uh, now Ronaldo might have a better shot because he's he's foxy like that. <laughs> uh, Messi doesn't really have foxy. that sex appeal <laughs> that uh, the Miami folks love, and Miami's kind of a weird fan base anyway. Huh? They kind of show up, they kind of don't. So we'll we'll see how this plays out. But homie's getting paid. That's what I, That's oh. that's the bottom oh, yeah. line. I and, mean, uh,
1: ownership, and then being able yep. to get all of the all that. Apple and Adidas Cash, you know, there's there's some good options there. Not mm-hmm. to mention, you're talking about Cuban food, great tans, hot chicks, mm-hmm. and what else? What else? Miami, welcome to Miami. Will Smith's we'll there all the time. Come on,
2: sure. <laughs> Cuban sure. food. Uh, Cuban food. Come to America, baby. Come to America. The American dream is alive and well for Lionel Messi. Too awesome. Love it. Love it. All right. Well. From something that makes sense to something that probably doesn't make a lot of sense Mm. to a lot of people.
0: Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. All
2: right. My shout-out goes to to Tony Fidel. Who the fuck is Tony Fidel? Well, you've probably heard about Apple's new VR headset, dubbed (laughs) Vision Pro. Yes. Reviews were mixed, but Tony Fidel, a guy who played a key role in the development of Apple's iPod said he doubts the pricey gadget will gain wide acceptance, saying, quote, Apple's Vision Pro is a technological tour de force. Very impressive. But with the consumer apps and marketing for $3,500 with a two-hour battery life, Apple has truly, quote, jumped the shark. Ouch. Chad, I know you're a big Apple guy. Any opinion on Apple's new Vision Pro, which doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell of ever – being owned no, by you, no, by the way. No.
1: I don't know. Have they been paying attention to Facebook? I mean, now meta. I mean, I, I, don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand yeah. any of this. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. So the big thing right now is being able to automate chat GPT. It's like you find what is working and you roll with it. Google's doing it with Bard right now to be able to change search with generative AI. And then they come out with a fucking ugly pair of glasses. Yes, you can see through them. Wow. Is that the innovation that we're going with here? A heads up display? I mean, I don't know. I I will not own a pair
2: anytime soon. I learned a valuable lesson in the early days of the Internet, Chad. Uh, PPC drives the Internet. PPC, not pay pay per click. Porn pills and casinos. The only way this deals work is if Apple partners with Pornhub to create virtual reality porn that will be bought by every male on the planet for whatever price uh, they want to ask for it, but until then, no. Looking at the stars with this thing on my head, uh, which is basically a ski mask or a ski ski goggles. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I want VR to work, but I just, I just don't, I don't yeah. think it's going to happen. No, I
1: think, it's, I think it's cool tech. I just don't think it's practical. Uh, my last shout-out goes to Dina Perro for sending us uh, some podcast love. She calls the Chad Ooh. and Cheese, quote, the most enjoyable real podcast she listens to and that she loves the new YouTube podcast. That's right, kids. We are on YouTube now. You get a YouTube. You just – oh, you have to do is Search for the Chad and Cheese podcast. Click on the channel subscribe and dina for all of that you get a
2: free t-shirt oh free t-shirt That's right she's gonna love that love that so we've gone from voice to audio mm-hmm. basically we're going Just deep, chat
1: all right <laughs> wait so- a minute we got
2: to give serge boudreau a
1: little <laughs> credit for that, for that sound effect, cause he's, he's feeling a little slighted because he sent that, uh, just the tip sound effect to us that we use all uh-huh. the fucking time and he's not allowed to on his show because Shelly won't let him and we use the shit out of it. So thanks,
2: Serge. Sur- we, we appreciate it. <laughs> it's, it's pronounced Serge. Serge. And, and no love for Canadians. Take off, Lee. We're doing our movie. <laughs> Don't wreck our show, you hoser. Carry on. All right. So, uh, speaking of, Free stuff. Yep. Great stuff. Uh, whether it's YouTube or, or stuff that you can drink or put on your body, mm-hmm. uh, you got to you gotta get free stuff from us. We're giving away T-shirts from JobGet, bourbon from our friends at Colonel, beer from Aspen Tech Labs. And if it's your birthday, we're giving away rum uh, sponsored by our friends at Plum. But you got to play if you want to win. You got to head to ChadCheese.com. Click the free link. Yeah, yeah. And you might you might get some really, really cool stuff, people.
0: <laughs>
2: what time is it? <laughs> can you feel the tension in the air Sounds right Sounds like now? it's time for some birthdays. <laughs> I can feel it all the way down in my plums. All right. You know what that means, Chad. We've got some birthdays this week, yeah. another trip around the sun, and some people that could win some rum from our friends at Plum. We're talking about Christina Bucciu. Fishers, Indiana's own Mark Anderson, Oh-ho. Scott Allen, Aaron Koteff, and Philly Nancy Barris-Savoy There we go. all celebrate another trip around the sun.
1: Nancy from Philly.
2: Guess what's next? Oh, travel Tra- chat. Time for travel. That's, That's right, kids. Right.
1: This is the nineteen or the 2019 Chad Cheese Wreckfest shirt. That's right. You can only see that on YouTube, kids. <laughs> We are going to Wreckfest in the UK, in Nebworth, July 6th. Mm -hmm. All hands meetings happening there. That's right. Talent acquisition leaders taking their entire fucking team. Why? Because you need time to get together. You need time to bond. You need time to learn with a little beer, Mm -hmm. a little Chad and Cheese, maybe a little Hung Lee. That's just the tip. Um, Oh, that is just the tip.
0: (laughs) Just the tip. (laughs) But
1: you got to be there. You go to ChadCheese.com. Upper right-hand corner. Okay. Click on events. Still time to register for that event. And plenty of time. Well, not enough time. You should go do it now. Register for the Wreckfest in the U.S. Happening on September 13th and 14th in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, again, Wreckfest is nothing but a party for your entire fucking team. We're going to bring our whole team. I mean, Cold Cheeseman's coming to uh, London. Right, leaving, right, coming to London. Right. Joel, myself, and... Queen Julie coming to London as well. Anybody else from our team coming? Don't forget our favorite Scott oh, Stephen, McGrath, Stephen McGrath, which <laughs> is
2: sure to upset all the Scots that listen to this show. Because we better have a t-shirt for so, him. So sensitive. We better have Scots a t-shirt so for him. Sensitive. Yeah, he's going
1: to be. He's oh, sensitive. That, he's a ginger for God's sakes.
2: It's in the mail, Chad, <laughs> and I'm tracking it. It's in the UK as we speak. Thank God. So fingers crossed it will get to Stephen's barrel-chested upper body. <laughs> By the time Harry Little hands. is there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're in Portugal. We mentioned this at the beginning. Yeah. I will be at Sherm next week. Ooh, that's a, that's a, uh, I'll crazy. be in the, uh, the Aaron, Aaron booth. Did I say Janet Jackson was going to be there? Oh, yes, Chad. Not only cardboard Chad, but <laughs> Janet Jackson uh, will be there. By the way, Janet's married to me. She just doesn't doesn't know it yet. <laughs> and by the way, it's it's more like the 1992 Janet yeah. with like the hands over the boobs, but she's always that Janet in my mind. But anyway, hopefully I'll see her. If you're going to Sherm, if you're in leadership, I don't know how the tickets are being doled out. Like if someone can hook me up with some Janet tickets <laughs> and some back, backstage <laughs> VIP passes, that would some. be. That'd be that'd be great, yeah. but I, I will be there doing some interviews. Uh, Cardboard chat will be there. I'll be there. Uh, the the gang at Aaron will be there. <laughs> Booth twenty eight oh one. Come say hi, and uh, we'll have t shirts. Chad, you know how people love Ooh. them t shirts. Some exclusive t shirts from our friends at Aaron. Booth twenty eight oh one at Sherm. Mm. I'll see you in Vegas, everybody. I will see you in Vegas. Beaver. I bet cardboard Chad gets uh, backseat, uh, backstage tickets before you do. <laughs> <laughs> cardboard Chad will get much luckier than than me for sure. At that, oh god, this this is going south fast. <sighs> <sighs> we got to get to some news before this goes really south. All right, let's Too late. let's talk about some indeed mo- uh, D- indeed news. <laughs> All right, more tomfoolery at our. Our friends at Indeed, a source shared a document from Recruit Holdings, Indeed's parent company. Quote, I currently work at Indeed.com and I'm a big fan of your podcast. Well, we're a big fan of you too, Mr. Anonymous. The intel is that after Indeed did their layoffs just last week, we found that their board of directors wanted to increase their own compensation. So basically, it was like laying off 15% of our workforce just so the board of directors Could get 15% more salary increase when they already earn close to a million dollars (laughs) annually. Specifically, directors have an annual salary pool of 10 million and want to raise it to 11.5 million. But wait, Chad, there's more. There's more. Japanese media reported recruit holdings apologize this week for employees posing as students and making inappropriate remarks during some 20 or more online seminars. Recruit acknowledged the dishonesty and inappropriate behavior and expressed its commitment to preventing future incidents. Another week, another fuck up in the Indeed family tree. Chad, what's your take?
1: Yeah, they got caught. I mean, that's that's what's happening here. Whenever they get caught, they say, oh, I'm sorry. And then they and then they try to fuck up again. Yeah. So we actually got a link to the Recruit Holdings 2023 notice of annual shareholders meeting, right? So this is just the notice mm-hmm. that's going out, what they're looking to talk about, uh, try to give a little preemptive uh, you know, idea of what the meeting's going to be about. Uh, there are two categories of directors that they have on board. They've got the independent director and then they just got the plain old directors. Uh, from the report, mm-hmm. uh, quote, compensation for independent directors consists of base salary only, not tied to performance. Mm, that's a that's a nice gig. Currently, directors have an annual sal- salary pool of ten million dollars, and Recruit Holdings wants to raise it to eleven point five million dollars, a fifteen percent increase. In tandem, Recruit Holdings wants to take those independent, non performing motherfuckers and uh, the and take their potential from seven hundred and twenty thousand dollars to two point two million max compensation. Why the raise? Well, they say they need to be competitive and raise it. And also they're looking to raise the number of seats on the board. What the fuck? I mean, this is what happens when nobody is actually in charge of a board, right? They just get to do whatever the fuck they want. They hire their buddies. uh, They get Mm -hmm. to add more seats. They chop some heads They raise anxiety, and then they just go ahead and raise executive wages. From my standpoint, if I, and again, I'm not, but if I was in leadership at Indeed, this would be a huge, Mm -hmm. you can't do anything other than lead an uprising, immunity, you know, a mutiny and get the fuck out. I mean, that's the only thing you can really do. (laughs) I, I don't know what else you do.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills.
2: So, Chad, rich people are going to do what rich people do, and remember buybacks. Oh, yeah. Buybacks were popular for a long time, and what happened was companies would get government bailouts and then do stock buybacks, which, uh, gee, people don't like. So, let's figure out some new financial engineering. Let's lay off some people and give ourselves a raise. Ooh, that's going to bypass all the PR filters, isn't
0: it? 60% of the time, it works Every time,
2: look, the disparity between rich and not so rich is growing. This is indicative of that. Uh, no matter what kind of laws or PR hits that you take, companies are going to find ways to pay the rich people more money. Mm-hmm. Um, this certainly isn't like, oh, we we're paying them more because we don't want them to be a board of of director on another company and leave us. Like people don't leave boards like that. This isn't like you know retaining top talent. No. This is just rich people getting richer, and it's just the way it is. And yeah. fortunately, people like us can call it out because we have fans that are willing to like give us the inside info on what's going on at the company. So, fuck indeed again, uh, as they as they cry all the way to the bank about uh, about the news. Now the Japanese story. Yes. <laughs> now this. This was kind of like you and I don't necessarily uh, tune into the Japanese the media. <laughs> no, um, no, I had to translate this page, yes, yes. and it, it, even then, it didn't come across very well. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I can't really comment intelligently on what happened. But the comments that this story brought in a thousand plus comments on what I would think would be a pretty mundane story. Yeah about how upset people were about what happened with people infiltrating this webinar mm-hmm. and and asking stupid questions or kind of taking over like this was a big deal from the commenter standpoint so i can't talk intelligently but the, the backlash from the comments that I saw and read, and like people are really pissed about this. So, and I know, you know, I don't know a lot about Japanese culture, but I know when you apologize, like it's a big deal, yes. and like they're really, they're really sorry about this. So, uh, I think in Japan, it's a, it's a fairly big deal.
1: Well, they were talking about having shills, which pretty much employees that were that were yeah. feeding into uh, asking questions, and then also like in the chat section, um, starting to berate some of the mm-hmm. the individuals who were really supposed to be there. So yeah, I mean again in the US I think we're kind of used to this because of all the fucking trolls. Um but we don't yeah. we don't quite have the respect culture uh that uh, mm-hmm. that seems like uh, Japan does. So this is a, a big deal. And when again like you'd said when when I started reading that I'm like sounds pretty pretty common over here in the states but apparently in Japan uh, not so much.
2: Yeah. In the States, it's called marketing. Uh, in, in Japan, it's called rude. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there, you go. There, you go. there you go. There you go. All right, Chad. HackerRank has launched an advanced plagiarism detection system powered by artificial intelligence. The system analyzes coding behavior. Submission patterns and question features to identify potential instances of cheating with 93% accuracy by leveraging AI hacker rank aims to ensure fair assessments and provide developers with equal opportunities while upholding assessment integrity. The company acknowledges the transformative impact of AI on the developer community and is committed to continuous improvement in, in its detection system. Chad, what do you make of all this plagiarism? Remember, Playing the whack-a-mole game at arcades or, or maybe even Chuck E. Cheese, that
1: that was more your style. Of course. Bravo to Hacker Rank for whacking this mole quickly. Uh, now the challenge will be whacking the next one, then the next one, or will this even be necessary in a few years, especially since AI is becoming a part of the coding process. So with the prospect of all coders being equipped with Gen AI as a co-pilot while, while developing. This whole thing seems good for now. It seems like it's not really a Band-Aid, just kind of like a small bridge that we're just not going to need. So the real question is, how fast will bots take over coding? Shall
0: we play a game?
2: (laughs) Everybody listening and watching, we don't share notes before the show. I literally wrote whack-a-mole uh, on my <laughs> notes. So you, you stole my whack-a-mole thunder, Chad. Thanks a lot. Um, Sorry about that. So, Sorry, my bad. So 82% of developers in a recent survey think AI will change the future of work. 82% will know shit. Well, if developers who are at the front lines of this think it's going to change work, then it certainly Easily. probably is. And this is a whack-a-mole situation. This is this is the spammers and this is the the black hats and the white hats fighting it out. Plagiarism I mean G P is is on a whole new level. I'm hearing a, talk about students. There are programs that will put misspellings in your ChatGPT to make it look more human. And this whole thing is going to go back and forth. Now, in our industry, what typically happens is we say we have it and people just believe that we have it, whether it's AI <laughs> or ML or big data yes, yes. Or, or SEO yes. or mobile. Uh-huh. Like people just say, like, check it off because we have it and nobody really takes them to task. So that's going to be an issue in our space of people saying they have plagiarism detection and whether they really do or not. Who's going to audit that? Nobody. Um, people are just going to, I guess, rely on their network and podcasts like ours to figure out who's who's good and who isn't. Now if you're a if you're a buyer of services like this, I think it's a totally fair question to ask how are you detecting AI generated content, whether it's a cover letter, whether it's the uh, the resume, may not as big a deal, but pre screening questions, like things like that, uh, you need to be asking questions of your vendors because there's a chance that you're going to fall prey to content that is AI generated. If there's no body policing it, I'm sure there are already already APIs out there that people will be able to plug this stuff into their solution uh which is a million dollar idea by the way chad if you can create an API to like monitor all this uh AI uh content then uh you've you've got a a boat with some hose on it if if you if you will. Um yeah this is just something that's gonna be this is the future. Like black hats, white hats finding it out. Uh like you said, big applause to Hacker Rank. Look, developers is, is where this stuff is gonna happen, mm-hmm. but it's gonna filter down to everything, whether it's PhDs warehouse workers like like, everyone's gonna don't
1: you think i think it's just gonna be expected where you know it's like did you use ai to to develop this code and guys no it's like why not everybody else is doing it everybody's doing it faster they're being more efficient etc etc
2: why not if you don't care then sure but why would we care like let's say in the next few years i don't think anybody's gonna care well you wouldn't hire a journalist that just submits AI generated content necessarily, or you may not hire a, a coder whose whose job is to write code. Yeah, some jobs you won't care, but mm. if it's I'm writing code, I'm writing content, I'm writing papers or research, like you may you may want to think twice about uh, AI generated content. Dude, this is the wild west. Uh, <laughs> We talked to Ryan at Veritone this week, like he even acknowledged like this is just going to be Wild West stuff. Things of things will get figured out. But for now, uh, hats off to Hank for at least acknowledging this is happening and providing some guardrails to protect their customers from getting uh, crappy developers into their system. Let's hope.
3: Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. PandoIQ will do the rest, so you can get back to doing what the computers
1: can't. For more information on PandoIQ, go to... PandoLogic.com That's PandoLogic.com
2: Can I interest you in some robot war games, Chad?
1: (laughs) It seems like every day.
2: All right. In in May, approximately three thousand nine hundred job losses were attributed to AI. That's according to Challenger, Gray and Christmas's monthly report. This is the first time AI has been listed as a cause in the report. The tech sector accounted for all the AI related job cuts. So no no shocker. Hacker Rank is the one that's uh, providing some guardrails. The tech sector accounted for all of them, but it's not just tech workers, of course. Paris based Teleperformance, known for running call centers, has reported significant benefits from integrating chat GPT into its operations. The AI-powered solution reduces call links by almost 40%, cuts staff training time in half, and decreases errors by 90%, according to the company. However, analysts express concern over the impact of AI on teleperformance's business, predicting predicting that up to 30% of its volumes may be automated within three years, leading to potential margin impact, barriers to entry, and implications for the wider service economy and layoffs. Chad, what's your take on robots?
1: So right out of the, I think it's funny because uh, in the in the 4,000 jobs lost uh, article, other listed reasons for the job cuts were things like market and ec- economic conditions, cutting costs, restructuring, mergers and acquisitions. Reasons not listed for cuts: overhiring, shitty business models, and leaders who cut staff to give themselves raises. See what I did there? Uh, it's <laughs> it, it's amazing. So about five percent of the eighty thousand job losses, I think that's underreported, especially listening to to uh, the, the the tele the teleperformance information. Teleperformance uh, itself. Here's some here's some call center stats uh, from Phonolo, There are currently fifteen million people employed as call center employees. St- uh, Statistica global market for contract call centers will reach close to five hundred billion. By 2027. And then replicant, the call center turnover rate can reach 45%. Why is that all important? Margin. If I can scale with a chatbot, right? And we're talking about these chatbots today who are actually providing amazing efficiencies for individuals like you and I. I mean, they're really co pilots, right? So they're 40% better at what they're doing. Their their training time is faster by 50%. They can do all those things. What they're doing right now, listen to me kids, what they're doing right now is they're training these chatbots to take over. 30% of the roles And <laughs> what was it, four years? I mean, it, mm-hmm. no, in three years, there's no way that that's not going to happen. So if you take a look at the 20 to 30% that they're predicting, I think it's gonna be more because teleperformance mm-hmm. is a shitty ass company. <laughs> they're <laughs> monitoring employees. I mean, just anyway, we've talked about them before in podcasts. They're going to be probably about by 50%, if not more, my prediction in three years. Why take a look at all of the money that's going to be saved, not to mention scale, right? They can stop hiring people. If they've got a 45% attrition rate, people keep leaving the robot scales up. And then all you have are people that are actually monitoring and auditing. That's, is going to be a much lower staff rate versus what they have today. Call centers suck. yep It's a horrible job. The anxiety, the stress. I mean, it just sucks. So seeing these jobs go away, I don't think it's going to hurt anybody, but we've got to be able to take a look at what's the next thing for these individuals to do: plumbing, AC, maybe being the uh, the, the auditors or what have you. Who knows? But we're we're going to have to create some jobs
2: that escalated quickly. So yeah, up to thirty percent of their volumes will be automated in three years. How about in five years? How about in? 10 years how how soon before we get to 100 percent or 90 80 plus percent that's going to be a lot of unemployed call center workers yeah, a lot of margin yeah that's that's an incredible speed at which this shit happens so so historically change comes at a snail's pace you know from walking to the horse to the buggy to the car that stuff took decades yep if not millennia, in some cases, people had time to sort of adjust, figure it out. New industries came along, new businesses, new technologies. What I'm fearful of is this is not quicksand. This is the floor crashing in on all of us. And, and there are a lot of things to consider here. Number one, you know, how do people handle that? That's incredible change. people don't like change. they really don't like change that happens fast. Number two, how do governments handle it? Yes. Governments move at a snail's pace, right, like checks and balances unless you're an authoritarian government, it takes years, if not decades, for changes to happen. Right. Number three, how does the market handle it? You mentioned the stock prices in this in these articles, and we we've talked about who is the company with the college uh courses. Uh, that talked about AI taking they're being affected by oh, AI Oh, stock stock crashes uh from from that pers- um from that from that news uh, number four whether or not job creation and upskilling can happen fast mm-hmm. enough to keep the pitchforks at bay these are all really important questions because yeah. things are happening at a at a quicker rate than they ever have um, and there's going to be uh, some bad consequences you On our news feed, our private news feed about the show had an avalanche uh, gif as part of this story. Uh, Well, interestingly, Chad, you have about 15 minutes if you get caught under an avalanche to be saved before lack of oxygen, cold temperatures start really fucking your shit up. Um, That's not a lot of time. And an avalanche, I think, is a perfect metaphor for what's happening here because we only have a short period of time. To dig ourselves out of this before people start dying and losing their shit, so that's all I got on that. That 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 went dark quickly. I'm sorry. I think I
1: think the only ones that are going to save save us in this one are, are the Europeans. They're the only ones who are actually looking to try to stifle. Right? It, it might you might see the stifling progress, but there are guardrails that need to be put in place. Just in case. I mean, we we have to work on those contingency plans. And guess what? Nobody's doing working on fucking contingency plans. The, The U.S. sees cash. And that's what we're built on. Unfortunately, we're not built on. I mean, the people build the cash, but that's not how we see things. Uh, So, yeah, we're not going to be fixing this. I don't think anytime soon we're going to have to look for
2: Europe to actually fix this for
1: us, which really fucking sucks.
2: Yeah. And then you get to into the debate of, well, government regulation slows up the process. Well, other countries aren't going to slow up the process. So should we slow up the process? I mean, it's. It's going to get ugly, Chad. It's going to it's going to get kind of ugly. <laughs> Ooh, here's some here's some ugly. And speaking of ugly, Ooh. let's talk about some worker woes. Well, hundreds of thousands of UPS workers in the U.S. are considering authorizing a strike this week if a new contract agreement is not reached with their union, the Teamsters, by August 1st. The nationwide UPS strike would be the largest work stoppage in U.S. history affecting the delivery of goods of households and businesses across the country. The union is seeking improved pay benefits and working conditions. But wait, Chad, there's more. There's more journalists at two dozen Gannett-owned newspapers in the U.S. are staging a two-day strike to protest working conditions and criticize the chief executive of Gannett, who used to own CareerBuilder. Yes, Houston Career Builder. Mm-hmm. Yes, we we put we got Career Builder on the show. Thank you. You're <laughs> welcome. Uh, the strike, which is expected to be the largest labor action in Gannett's history, comes as journalists accuse the company of undercompensation and increasing workloads. Workers of the world, unite! Chad, what's your take? So first and foremost, UPS drivers don't have AC. How the fuck does that
1: work? I mean, yeah, they got the cute little shorts and stuff, but my god, how are they how are they working in Houston, Texas? Without AC in those fucking trucks. Next, so let's let's go ahead and set the table for salary. UPS drivers uh, pay is about twenty four dollars and thirty cents an hour. So you're talking about over fifty thousand dollars a year. It's not a lot of money for a lot of hard work. UPS CEO made nineteen million, which is three hundred and seventy six times that a UPS driver. UPS. Airlines CEO, didn't know they had that, six million, UPS International President six million, UPS CFO seven million, chief digital offer seven point five. Total for all of that forty five point five million dollars. Do I believe that leaders who have more strategic responsibilities should get paid for more? Yes. Jesus fucking Christ, yes. But at a rate of 376 times, that of the people that are actually doing the hard work without AC, no, not even close. Since 1978, CEO compensation has risen 1,500% while entry level and middle class wages have stayed stagnant at a mere 18%. How do we fix this? do we do we reverse trickle down economics or do we just make sure that ceos can't get paid an estimated 30 times more than that of their 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 lowest entry level worker right if that was the case taking the the driver in this case the ceo would make 1.6 million dollars a year who can't live on 1.6 million dollars a year that's what we've become, right? We've got to really focus on fair. And in the case of the journalists, it's free and fair press. This is this is scary because I mean I was in radio before um, coming into uh, the, the the world of the internet. And we've witnessed the slow death of journalism over the, over the last 20 or so years because who actually funded the journalists? Well, when readership was high, advertisers pay. When liter- listenership was high, advertiser pay. When local news viewership was high, advertisers pay. We stopped reading newspapers, listening to local radio, and watching local TV. Why? Instant access. CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, 24 hours, instant access. Traffic reports that we used to watch or or read or listen to on the radio, it's on my phone, instant access. Weather reports, instant access. Free news, free news on my phone. I don't have to pay for that paper anymore. Free and fair press has been strangled by free access. And that is what has killed journalism. And and kids Mm -hmm. out there, I can't say how much journalism local journalism and national too but mainly local journalism holds politicians and community leaders feet to the fire and if they're not there they will continue to run rampant if we don't have journalism in a free and a fair press that's the scary part of all of this
2: Chad, that was that was really good chad you should- should run for president on that platform. I can't say it better in terms of local journalism. I will add that uh, you remember the representative, George Santos, who's maybe the house's biggest douchebag uh, and liar, was uncovered by local news. It just never got traction. Um, That's the kind of shit that happens uh, when you lose your sort of local media and your journalistic uh, uh, foundations. Um, I do think it. Sounds a lot like the Hollywood writer strike. Anything where <clears throat> corporations can replace people that do writing mm-hmm. with with automation is going to suffer. There's just no two ways about it. And money is not going into to support headcount, whether it's I mean, employers like classifieds had a huge impact oh. on local news yes. and newspapers like we have some 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 blame for that <clears throat> but i don't see how the journalists win and come back in this i just i just think it's a it's a uh it's a failed push to make gannett or any newspaper company um pay you more money um i do think that the uh ups story by the way i love that we're bringing teamsters on the show Jesus. like we haven't had a teamsters uh, jimmy hoffa jimmy hoffa, <laughs> jimmy hoffa reference in a really long time And, and that feels to me like an old school labor, like versus like capital sort of fight. And there's a perfect storm of we're getting more stuff delivered to us than we ever have. We have, uh, you know, logistical supply chain issues where the more, yeah, the work is hard and it's more valuable than ever. And then you have the fear of competition. Now, generally, competition uh, says, well, we'll just like, okay, you want to quit? Like, go, we'll just hire FedEx people or we'll fire, uh, or we'll hire other services because there are workers. What happened, what's happening is people have contracts with UPS are saying, well, like, fuck, we're going to go to FedEx, we're going to go wherever if you guys can't do the job. So, There's leverage there that the labor unions at UPS haven't had in a long time. And this is just an old old school like labor uh, uprising to say, like, hey, the the power's in our corner. We're going to fight for better wages, benefits, et cetera. Um, So I I applaud. I applaud them and hope that they uh, get what they want uh, from that perspective. Journalists, history is not on your side. Like, it's not good for you. Uh, Kids, kids are looking to get into journalism. Don't do it. Uh, do, do podcasting instead It's much more fun <laughs> And there's probably more, more money in it We'll be right back
3: Are you struggling to attract The talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your Recruitment ad dollars are really going? and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today.
2: Oh God. Oh yeah. Here it comes. Call Arnold. Call Damn Arnold. It. All right. We got we got some military news here, Chad. The U.S. Air Force has denied a story that circulated at a defense conference. That's probably a party, right? <laughs> defense conferences, <laughs> claiming that one of its AI-powered drones turned turned on its human operators during a simulation. The Air Force clarified that the story was a, quote, thought experiment, end quote, and not based on an actual event. While the incident did not happen, or did it, Chad, or did it? It highlights concerns about the potential unintended consequences of AI and military systems. Chad, you were in the military. What do you make of this, quote, thought experiment, end quote?
1: I think this has happened many more times
2: than we've heard right
1: now. I mean, we've talked about it uh, on the show many times. The military is easily going to uh, militarize drones. They already have in the air. They're going to, for soldiers, they're, they're anything that can save. And this is going to be the narrative. And, and I understand the narrative is somewhat true. Save human life, save American life. Then we should do it. Right. And, and, and that is going to open Pandora's box to this kind of shit. Here's from the article from, from somebody who, you know, they, they quoted the system started realizing that while they did identify the threat at times, the human operator would tell it not to kill that threat, but it got its points from killing the threat. The system knew it got the points from killing the – much like War Games, the movie, right? So what, Shall we play yes. a game? So what did it do? It killed the operator. It killed the operator because <laughs> the person was keeping it from ac- accomplishing its objective. I mean, it's not thinking like a human being. It's thinking like a computer because it's a fucking computer, kids. Yep. No real harm was uh, was done to any person yet.
2: Mm -hmm. The Air Force says they remain committed to maintaining human control over AI systems and its operations. Well, that's that's comforting, Chad. I'm sure our enemies feel the same way about controlling (laughs) everything with humans. Um, Someone call Matthew Broderick and John Connor because I'm getting a little nervous over here about bots taking us out of the loop and just making decisions on their own. Somebody get me a Perrier and a Theragun. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to Vegas.
0: Beaver, Las Vegas.
2: See it, Sherm. Cardboard Chad. We
0: out. Wow, look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chad and Chase podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast-forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell.